You can start talking now. I can start talking yes, now? Please, oh, well, thank you for that. And welcome back to, or what's going on, everybody? <laughs> welcome back to the Hardworking welcome Happy Hour. Well. I am Sean. And I am Catherine. And as always, we're breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. You know what I just thought of? What? We should do an episode where I pretend to be you and you pretend to be me, oh. but we don't like address it at all. Oh, interesting. Like you pretend to have my voice or just like you I take guess, on yeah. my persona? It would just be like really weird and I don't know. But it just mm. came into my mind when I said, okay. I am Sean. What if I just said, I'm Catherine and I was sitting in that seat? Oh, whoa. Anyway. Interesting. Maybe okay. we'll try that. We'll put yeah. it on the list <laughs> yeah, for a future we'll episode. Just, if we've really run out of ideas, <laughs> we can tap into that one. Perfect. But I think we're good for now. What do we got? <laughs> what do we got going on this week? What are we going to talk uh, about? Uh, What the episode's about? Uh, yeah. Or do you want to... That's okay. why right, we okay. are here. Okay. Sometimes we like chit-chat a little bit before we get into no it. No chit-chat okay. chit today. No chit-chat. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> no, let's introduce um, the topic and then we okay. can chit-chat after that. Okay. Um. So this week, I thought it'd be fun to talk about like the psychology behind designs because yes. you have famously stated many times you haven't like gone to school or anything for design. You've just happened upon it. So a lot of these principles you just naturally had in your brain, but sometimes they don't come that easily to a lot of people. Right, right, right. So what I have done is compiled a list of different different aspects of the psychology of design. Whoa. We're going to test you a little bit. Whoa, okay. We're going to tell the people about it, let them learn them something, and also test you. So okay. I have also, as a side note, famously gone to higher education for approximately six years. Yes. And almost got my associate's degree. And one of those almost associate's degrees I have is in psychology, so. Whoa, psychology, uh, but not design. But not design. I changed okay. my major many times, mm. so I dabble here and there. <laughs> I'm a dibble-dabbler. Okay. I also okay. almost have a psychology degree, so wow. between the two of us, we pretty much have one. I between would the two of us, we both almost have one, yeah. Wow, that's great. Anyway. Um, that'd be a fun little project for us to do. Um. Like, document us actually getting degrees. No, 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 no. I know that you love saying that you don't have a degree or whatever, but like. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love saying that I went to school for six years <laughs> and people are like, okay. And then I say, and I almost got my associates. And then it's mm. like, oh, <laughs> this guy's a jokester. I get it. He's just a big You're loser and went <laughs> to school for six years and almost got an associate's degree, which is, for those of you that don't know, supposed to take two years, but. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was learning, uh, many different, many different avenues of knowledge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm not against getting my, like finishing, getting my degree. I shouldn't feel like paying for it, to be honest. And, and probably by this point, those credits are just long gone. We'd probably both have to start well, well behind where we were. You think so? I think so. I don't, th I think there's like a shelf life to those. I think we have exceeded that shelf life. I would guess. There shouldn't be. Because like some of the classes I took were like 1600s literature. That hasn't <laughs> changed. 1600s have not changed. At least they shouldn't have. But hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, um, but I'm not right, going so, back to school. I'm not. Right. Don't all take right. me back to school. Well, nix that idea. I'm so sorry. You get me all stressed out. Sorry. So I sorry. hate school whole. <laughs> I thought it could be a fun project Unless, for like a podcast episode. but Can I be the teacher? Maybe. When I... So when I lived in California, I was thinking about finishing my degree mm -hmm. and I signed up for Glendale. Thank you. Uh, I signed up for Glendale Community College and I like 
half in, like I started the enrollment process, but I didn't yeah. actually enroll in anything. And they uh, marked me down as a professor. Like in all, like I went out of my little portal thing and I was like a teacher in the system. And I was like, Ooh, what am I going to teach? <laughs> this is so exciting. I don't understand at all. But anyway, have you ever okay, seen sorry. the show community? <laughs> yes. Did you go to the school or no? Uh, like attend it or like just walk onto the campus at some point. Did you attend at it? Did you go to classes? No. But you signed up for the portal? I was... Uh, you, you were going before to. Before you can enroll in classes, you like sign up for a school, for the school. Oh, you okay. You get admitted into the school. I did that and I did... Um, you had to do like uh, testing to see what level you're at for different things. So I did that, but and I didn't actually like, go to the school. And they were like, we actually don't have a level this low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Burned. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, the show Community, have you ever seen that? Uh, yeah. It's funny. And it is kind of like community college. We got like old people in there. You got, you got really a wide array. And uh, it's, uh, I thought it was a funny show because I went to community college and uh, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. But cool. Anyway. That was a great story, Sean. Thank you so much. Do appreciate that. Uh, any more chit chat you got for me? What do you got? How was your week? Uh, my week was good. That's great. How was your week? Good. Very good. You don't have much to say about it. I guess not. It feels I flew by. I can't flew believe by, it's already yeah. Friday. My yeah. God. Uh, finishing up this project and it's coming together beautifully. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. So, uh, yeah. But besides that, doesn't seem like anything relevant. Yeah, I don't week? remember <laughs> at all, to be honest with you. Were we both there all five days? I think so. Hmm. I'm okay. not sure. Cool. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's get into this design psychology. My God, okay. it sounds so interesting. Yeah, I feel like um, it's one of those things like people will ask us questions about design. And then it's kind of like, you know, you'll say what you do or how you do things or whatever. Yeah. But this is one of those things where there are like, quote principles. unquote, rules and theories okay. and, and principles yes. to it. That we don't really talk about because, you know. We don't know them. We're not, we're not learned on this topic. So I thought that could be fun. We are creating them, our own rules. You know, it's a saying that I always really liked. And I think it's Picasso. Hmm. Learn the rules like an expert so that you can break them like an artist. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I never learned enough rules to be an expert, <laughs> but I'm still out here breaking them. So uh, anyway, let's get into it. I'm excited. Okay, so with this yes. psychology of design, this can go along with things like the backyard projects that we do, but it can also go along with like a lot of things like your website design or your logo design or like just the things you choose to post on social media. So it can, it's like a far reaching thing. It's not just specifically for like spatial design patios. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A lot of these things are kind of. They, the, the rules of aesthetics are kind of like far reaching. Omnish, um, um, omnipresent. Omnipresent, yeah. I guess that's a word. Yeah. Yeah, sure. They are ubiquitous. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I know big any words. More, any more, any uh, more big words you want to get out there? Those are the only two that I know <laughs> that would apply here, but uh, okay. thank you for letting me share them. <laughs> All right, let me know if you have any more in other. I will. I will immediately interrupt you and let you know of any big words that I think of. Perfect. Perfect. Love that. Okay. So number one, color psychology. Do you know about color, color psychology? 
Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. I was just trying to think of big words <laughs> in my head. But you weren't paying attention. You're doing this thing again where you weren't paying attention to what I was saying? I wasn't totally. <laughs> um, and the only word I was thinking of was continental. Not that big of a word. <laughs> just kind of a regular word. But that mu- that word just kept, you know, it, was, <laughs> it just was really just ruminating in my head for a minute. So, Like the airline or like of a continent? I was thinking of a continent, yeah. And then I was thinking intercontinental. And I'm not sure if that's a word or if it is a word, <laughs> if, it, if it's actually two words. Oh, okay. Anyway, I digress. Intercontinental. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I apologize to everyone. <laughs> I feel like it's that moment in Billy Madison where the he just like blacks out and starts talking. And then the moderator is like, what you just said was the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> everyone in this audience is now dumber for listening to it. Please sit down. You get no points. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off the rails. Color psychology. Color Let's psychology. get into it. Is this something you are aware of? Yes. To start off with. Yeah, okay. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Okay. Do you want to tell us what you know about it? Or do you want me to just go right into it? Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll kind of throw my thoughts about it. And then we'll see if uh, the internet or your research agrees with me. I think color psychology, I think it's, twofold. I think that for me, one of the most important things with color is that everything is going to work together and be complementary. Even if it is a bold distinction between two colors, they still need to work together. They can't, they can't clash. They they can clash a little bit, but I I guess that's more of like kind of a, a feeling thing. Like, you know, you have to feel like the colors really mesh together well and when you put that whole palette out, they all work together. And then I guess the other aspect of that is you have your warm tones, you have your cool tones. And I think what I think about in my designs is we're working outside. So a lot of times it's going more natural or going something that's a little bit more modern that wouldn't be a natural color. So like with decking, if you go with a brown color scheme, like it makes sense. It's supposed to look like wood. So wood, typically a brown color in that brown family patio. If you go with a gray or a blue, it's going to kind of mimic a stone. So I think you can base it off of that. And that for me with outdoor living spaces is kind of like a foolproof method. You're kind of mimicking what would be the natural material? That was, you know, great thoughts, great points. That is not what sci- color psychology is. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. I really was trying to yes and you on that, but that's not what color psychology is. Oh. Um, those are all great points. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, color psychology is the theory that different colors evoke different emotions and things. I mean, that's basically what I was saying. <laughs> okay. Now, expand upon that, please. Okay, so you can look at like a color wheel, a wheel of colors. Yeah. Different colors mean different things. So like yellows are known to be like cheerful. Greens are known to be like earthy and grounding. Blues Mm -hmm. are calmer and serene. So a lot of these things really apply to like paint colors in design or especially with like logo design or website design, these things really come into play because it's yeah. subconsciously 
Like if you see someone's logo, like like a bright red logo, that's like an intense logo. Like like yeah. a, like Toro. Theirs is red, and they make like a. <clears throat> I don't want to say manly, but like there, it's like a powerful, rough, powerful thing. You know, we're in your face. Exactly. It's Spanish for bull. Or if you take um, like a Home Depot and a Lowe's. Mm. Home Depot is orange. Orange is much more of a bright color. Yeah. Home Depot is known to be the more contractor like, based. Yeah. And Lowe's is more meant for homeowners. Lowe's is blue. It is like a more calming. Wow. And a lot of people, a lot of like, women I don't know why like this is Lowe's? becoming so gendered, but generally speaking, women will choose Lowe's over Home Depot. Because it's more like inviting. The two stores, I mean, they do obviously have like slightly different yeah. things. But for the most part, you can get the same thing at both stores. Women yeah. will almost always choose to go to Lowe's instead of Home Depot. And it's like a color palette thing subconsciously. That is extremely interesting. And uh, something I never thought about. Yeah. It is almost the same store. Um, I also choose, I prefer Lowe's only because... The Lowe's is easier to get to from my house. So I'm yeah. more familiar with the layout. Yeah. And the layouts are typically pretty similar. So I know True. where stuff's at. Yeah. That's where it has nothing to do with my <laughs> femininity. It's okay. It's okay, Sean. <sighs> Everybody you. has masculine and feminine energy and it's all about a balance. Yeah. But anyway, let's not get into that. That's let's a not whole get different into that. conversation. Yeah. Anyway, um, but like another example is McDonald's shows red and yellow because those are two of the like boldest colors yeah red is like very in your face and yellow is very like cheerful and happy so that's why they purposefully chose those so you would like especially against like a blue sky you're gonna see those golden arches and you're gonna you're gonna want in you're gonna want to be <laughs> happy with that exactly golden so. fry deliciousness so when you choose <sighs> logo hungry. designs it's not like you should like really think about that kind of stuff rather than just being like you know what my favorite color is indigo indigo that that is my favorite color really yeah wow that's cool but what is that exactly? It's like a, like a purple. It's like a deepish blue. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's very interesting. So when you're designing your website or your logos or like even the texts on your social media posts and all that kind of stuff, color psychology goes a long way in that like you don't even think about it. It's totally subconscious. Yeah. But it, it does make a big difference. Yeah. And then beyond that, one step further is like which you kind of brought up warm and cool tones. Yeah. So usually if bring like up. in a home or an outdoor space or, you know, even like in the deck boards that we choose, there's a warm palette and a cool palette. The warm palette is more like homey and inviting and cozy. And the, the cooler toned palette is more uh, like tranquil and subdued. So even like the tones of things mm. kind of matter. Right. Yeah, because that makes warm sense. Warm toned things, yellowy, orangey, mm. cool toned, blue and greeny. So there is a lot to color psychology. Yeah, and I've just learned a lot. <clears throat> so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I think I think this makes a big impact on your branding, your marketing, your what are you what are you looking for? Red Bull. Oh, okay. Do you want another one? I do, yeah. We have you, a whole, keep, you keep talking. You want, I'm going to grab talking. one. You want one? I have one right here, but sure, I'll take another one. Okay. Why not? Let's get jacked up on color psychology and design psychology. Uh, you will continue to listen to me as I talk, correct? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really important for 
your marketing materials for your web page, like you said. And it's something I, I didn't really think about, but I think subconsciously I was thinking about that when I was designing my website and yeah. all of that stuff. Cause I designed it myself off of like just a Wix editor and customized it like over a winter when I wasn't working way back when. And everything is like kind of like cool and it's, it has like a wood toned yep. uh, backdrop and then all the text and uh, fields are white and black. So it's like kind of like formal and, modernish you know but it but it has that warmth of the wood yeah tone background yeah um i i designed it like <laughs> probably five years ago i still like it yeah i think it looks cool yeah so check that out for what we're talking about you can go to our website it is premier outdoor living llc.com yes and yeah. uh you'll get an idea of what our website looks like and i don't know maybe get some ideas yeah so even without knowing color psychology, you're kind of, kind of going off. I was ahead of my time, is what yeah, you're saying. Wow. I, yep, yep, yep. Wow. Just kind of feel these kinds of things. Yeah. You know? Some people just have it, and some people <laughs> have to learn it, and some people just make up their own rules, and that's me. <clears throat> yeah. Right, anyway. Um. Sorry, I'm in a weird mood today. I guess. That's I'm okay. Just like Sean, all over the place. It's the end of the week. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I especially with people's logos i find that so interesting about especially like huge corporations who have the money to do like they do like brand branding like research research all that yeah. kind of stuff and like really dive into why they pick the things that they picked yeah and there's some interesting stuff there so if you want to know about color psychology look at big brands and what they've done with their colors yeah um, i you know what I would really be interested in seeing is when you brought up the Lowe's and Home Depot, it's like mm -hmm. orange and blue are like almost <clears throat> opposite. And then you have they Menards, exactly, which is green. Exactly opposite. You have Menards, which is green, which is yeah. another color they're throwing in there. Nobody's going off the, off the same. <laughs> it isn't, right? <laughs> it is a different color. Yeah. Harbor Freight's red. Harbor Freight? Is it? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Huh. And then I was thinking Coke and Pepsi. Red and blue. Mm -hmm. Opposites. Yeah. What I would like to see, like, big industries, the top companies, what they, they, like, are they all opposites? Like, if you look at the one and two, are they all opposite color schemes? Like oh, those examples we laid yeah. out? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying well, to I, I feel like, I don't know which came first, Coke or Pepsi. Probably Coke, I would think. Yes. Um, you know, they're not going to pick the same color, you know, like Coke probably chose red because red is the most attention grabbing color. That's it's a pretty common color for companies to get mm. because it's like a real in attention. Your face. Yeah, it's in your face. It's attention grabbing. Yeah. So, you know, that's, a, you know, for Pepsi, Pepsi comes along. Pepsi's like, all right, what are we going to do? Red's out. Go blue. We're not, we're not trying to be like a Dr. Pepper, Dr. Thunder situation. We're trying to like pave our own way. We're trying to be a Mr. Pib. <laughs> Mr. Pip, also same color. It is also the same <laughs> color, yeah. But um, best name. I never I realized that. Yeah, they're all the same thing. Well, like basically. Basically, yes. I wonder what happened there, and they chose maroon, which is like yeah, sleeper pick. Uh, 
I would bet that if I gave you $1,000 to find a Dr. Thunder today, you wouldn't be able to. Like, I don't know if that really, like, even exists. You don't think Dr. Thunder still exists? I mean, it's like an off-brand of maybe, like, an RC Cola or something. I don't know. I don't know, like, who makes that or, like, I'm going to bring a Dr. Thunder to work on Monday. <laughs> well, I said by the end of the day, so you will not get that $1,000, but anyway. I'm not going to see you by the end of the day. All right. All right, we're getting sidetracked. This is again. that. Yeah. If anyone can confirm or deny whether Doctor Thunder is okay or not, yeah. Probably. Uh, uh, but anyway, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some of my own research on that. That Doctor Thunder. No, the opposite <laughs> color scheme among the top competitors in a in spaces because yeah. like red and blue, complete opposites. They're on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Same thing with orange and blue. Red and blue are not on the complete opposite. Orange Close and blue enough. are. Close enough is what I'm saying. Mm, okay. All right. Maybe not. I don't know. I have a picture of a color. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be very helpful. Oh, okay. So they're not right your, next to each other. You have your primary colors. Do you know what your primary colors are? Red, yellow, green. No. What? Red, yellow, blue. Blue and yellow make green. Oh. Yellow and red make orange. Okay. Blue and purple. I mean, blue and red make purple. Oh, purple and green make light purple or blue. <laughs> <laughs> they make brown. I feel like we need to if do a different co- type of psychology <laughs> episode. <laughs> we need another okay. anyway. type of psychology episode <laughs> to happen because I don't know what's happening right now, but let's get into... Okay. Is that enough on color? I think so. Okay. But seriously, there's a lot there. So, yeah. you know. If you're thinking of doing a rebrand. Think about colors first. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, Okay. So number two. Now this one, I'm going to say it and you're going to be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because it's so obvious. Yeah. What? Well, I was, you were like, okay, number two. And then since we were talking about color, I was going to say usually brown. (laughs) Not always, but usually. But (laughs) never mind on that. (laughs) What the? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> really what, are in a mood. What did you have for number two? <laughs> None of your business. All right. What do we have here? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Number two, for real. Yeah. It's called Hicks Law. I don't know who Hicks is. Okay. Or why he got his own law or yeah. her own law. Um, but it's going to sound so stupid because it's so simple. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> the more cho- the more choices that you present yes. when when making a design, the harder it is to take to make a decision. I also can't talk today. Yeah. So, like, if you are doing like a home visit with a client and you are, you know, they're saying like all of these vague ideas that they want, and you're going, oh yeah, you could probably do this, or you could do that, or you're, you know, you're walking around doing the pointing thing. Yeah, you could probably do this. That makes it impossible for a person to make a decision. Yes. So the best thing to do is to really thoughtfully plan out a design and give them one or two options as opposed to just as creative as your mind can be. And you're like, you might want to think about all of these crazy things and give a bunch of options and think like, oh man, I need to give all of these options so this person can know what they can do to have the coolest thing. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
Um, if you were thinking about it, if you were thinking about doing stop it, stop thinking about it and don't do that. Don't do it. I love that one. That and one. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. This is also super. So that's, you know, on a project. This is also super applicable to things like websites or social media things or logo design. You don't want too many elements because it becomes overwhelming. So like if you have a website, you want it to be as simple as possible. You want those people to just click on what they need to know and that's it. You don't need to have a bunch of different options. You don't need to put every single piece of information that you have on there. Yeah. You don't want to have like 35 clickable links in your website. Everything just needs to be very concise and it's kind of your job to know what people want and yeah. want to see in your design. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I feel like that is, I've incorporated that everywhere. Only using one manufacturer per product line mm -hmm. or product sphere. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, because you can get, you can get all the looks that you want with most manufacturers. So like the options are there. If you present somebody with, you know, eight samples from four different companies, that's 32 different samples. Like, and it's like people think in their head, yeah, I have the most samples. I have the most options. This is the best. I'm giving the customer the freedom to choose yep. what they really want. But that is like so overwhelming to pick that many. So I have always believed you need to be the one that gives the client the best options, the ones yeah. that you recommend. And I also do that with design. So it is impossible to get somebody to comprehend all the different ideas that you throw at them. So what I always tell people is, all right, I'm going to get to the core of what I think you're looking for functionality wise, uh, get an idea of the aesthetic you want and the vibe. And then I'm going to come up with an initial concept design. And that gives us something to work off of because without any of that, it's hard to, you know, imagine, do you want, uh, this, thing here or would you rather have this other type of couch over there it's like we need something to look at so that you can say yeah i like that or hey how about this area let's change it a little bit so i love that mm -hmm. um so that's why we always just come to them with one initial design i put in my best effort to give them everything that they're looking for at a budget that we have discussed and we can work off of that yeah if they absolutely hate it, we can trash it and start over. That's never happened, but you know, it could potentially, but you don't want to like say, all right, I've got all this information from you. I'm going to come up with four separate designs. One, that's a ton of work and it just, it just kind of like cripples them. They're like, Oh, yeah. well, I don't know. I kind of like this about this design. Uh, I kind of like that about that one. You need to give them your best variation of a design, like your best input and then work off of that. Once you yeah. have that, it's easier to make some of those finalizing decisions. Yeah. Great point. Thank you so much. So I love that. Also, website. I think when I looked at a lot of other people's websites in our industry, especially, they were very busy. There was a mm -hmm. lot of different pages. There was, and there was almost like this, feeling that the more the more words you put in the more times you say deck yeah. and patio the better your seo is going to be and that was probably true at a certain time but 
by the time I was making a website, I figured that AI is intelligent enough to like sift through like just keyword spamming or whatever. So my website, our website only has four pages. It's got the homepage. It has um, pricing, Mm -hmm. portfolio, and contact. That's it. So the homepage is just going to show you a very brief introduction about what we do. Has some really nice pictures. People are going to want to see either the portfolio. They want to see other work that you've done. Pricing. I always get a lot of uh, interested looks when I say we have our pricing on our website. Um, But that's something that people are going to click on right away. They're like, oh, of course I want to know pricing. So it gives them an idea of where our projects fall budget wise. And then hopefully... At the end of that, they want to contact us. So those are the only four pages I felt that we needed. Mm-hmm. And it's worked great. It's really easy to navigate the site. If you have 50 pages with all different types of stuff, people are just going to be like, okay, well, I don't know. You know, maybe they'll click on like one or two things, but you're not like guiding them through the decisions that they need to make. Yeah. Just and I feel like sense. in the trades, you get the, you get the, the extremes when, with websites, you either yeah. get the person who doesn't have a website or a person who has like a, you know, oh, my, my, my granddaughter helped me with this website and it's just like chaos. There's like tons and tons of random stuff on there. Yeah. Their portfolio page is like 300 okay photos, yeah. you know? So if you can just have the information that a person wants and it's a semi-professional looking website, you're like leagues ahead. Yes. I would say. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people actually um, across different industries just have a one page website. Yeah. Because most of the time people are viewing it on mobile. So it's not like you're not clicking around to different pages. You're just scrolling. And, you know, there's something in our brains now that makes you just want to scroll. Yeah. So if you can just have everything like almost like a sales funnel of here's who we are, here's what we do, here's pictures. And at the bottom, contact us. You know, that's kind of like been ingrained in us. Yeah. To just scroll. So maybe just do a one-page website. Something something to think about. Something, something to, to think, think about. about. <laughs> um, Side okay. note, okay. something else to think about. I think that we should start making Hardworking Happy Hour merch. I almost said Hardworking Happy Hour mulch. <laughs> we should not make that. Not yet. That doesn't sound like fun. Mulch. Not yet, but uh, we definitely need shirts to say something to think about. Definitely. For sure. Because <laughs> in many correspondence that we've had with listeners, yeah. <laughs> they put that in there somewhere. Something to think about. <laughs> so, you know, All right. if you really look at life with an open mind, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> With the right attitude, almost everything can be something to think about. (laughs) So remember that. I'm going to get a tattoo of that. That's so profound. That whole quote or just something to think about? No, the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. The whole thing, yeah. Um, Okay, anyway. Yeah. Back to the topic at hand. Okay. Um, So on the other side of like what you said, you only give one design. Um, Not everyone has that luxury don't you know, tell me a the lot of next people, concept is that give them as many give options. Them a oh, <laughs> so God. many no give them an option that is easy to discard it's called the decoy effect 
because if you Ooh. give like if you present three options and this is the, the the three best designs you've ever done in your life you present them to the client and you're like which one's your favorite then the person's like oh god i don't know i love them all what do i do yeah you give them a decoy effect option and then they're immediately like mm, not that one and then they get it in the in the mindset of being like I'm a decision maker. I'm powerful. I, I'm in I control. Can I can say, I have the power to say no to things, yes. you know? Huh. So you give them that decoy option to be like, and as I was reading this, I was like, that's interesting because when I went wedding dress shopping many moons ago, yeah, the per, the person I like picked out a couple dresses that I liked and the lady was like, you have to try this one on. And I was like, that is not at all what I want at all. I kind of hate it. And she's like, you have to try something that you, you know, and th- she was doing that to me. She was decoy affecting me. Oh my God. Even notice it. She was tricking you. She was tricking Go me. Go back and yell at that lady. You <laughs> tricked me. You, you knew I me. wasn't. Joke's on her. Didn't even buy a wedding dress. So Ooh. I got the last laugh in that situation. No, I'm just kidding. But I thought that was interesting because that is so true. Because if you're, if you have all of these things and you're like, oh, I love them all. I can't say no. Like, what do I do? Yes. You, you get the ball it. rolling yes. with a, with a you no. You get that ball rolling huh. with that with that one, and then you then you're like more objective with like a okay. I I you know I've already said no to something. I can say no again. I'm already halfway there. I only have to say no to one more thing, exactly. and then the only thing left to say is yes. Yeah. To the last one standing. So I thought that was very interesting. That I like that. Very one. interesting. Yeah. Okay. You got anything else on that? Do you um, ever do that? I know you no. only give one option, but like when it comes to like elements of design. No, no, I haven't really thought of that, but uh, <laughs> I feel like anytime I've watched a, uh, you know, like one of those like dating shows or something like The Bachelor or like, if like, not that I'm like, a, I'm not saying I'm like, <laughs> I watch those shows, but I feel like there's always like a decoy person in there. <laughs> like this person's got no shot. This person <laughs> is getting booted like immediately. <laughs> but then it kind of has the opposite effect because like the person that's like is the bachelor or the bachelorette, they don't want to seem shallow. So they're like, mm. I'll keep this person around for a little bit and make it seem like I'm not shallow. Mm. But they never make it to the end. No. They're a decoy. <laughs> anyway. See, this applies to so much. It does. It really, honestly, <laughs> it does with the wedding dress example. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, and then did I come up with an example? Of- the bachelor one? Yeah. The Bachelor one, yeah. Just <laughs> you that one, yeah. did a great job. Just right for that. now. Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. I like I like that. The Hicks Law. Well, that was a decoy effect. Before that was the Hicks Law. Oh, that's not a part of the Hicks Law. Different thing. Oh, okay. Wow. I've learned three things today is what you're saying? Wow. Buckle up because... There's more? There's more. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, how long have we been going? How sh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. Really? Uh, I got a couple okay. more things, and I'm trying to think of which order I want to go in. Okay. Um, you know what the problem is? You have too many options. I have too many options. <laughs> I do. Options. I do have too many options. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to group these two things together. Confirmation bias and social proof. Yeah. Do you know what those two things are? Heard about them. Yeah. Uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> those sounds Those are familiar. words you have heard. I've heard them separately and together. <laughs> yes. Okay. Definitely... What is it? Social proof? Social proof. Social proof, I'm going to guess, is like, that's like uh, like a testimonial or like people like are hearing about you from someone else. Like, or you being, okay, us <clears throat> being on Instagram and having whatever, like 100,000 some followers, like that's social proof, right? Like, mm, oh, yeah. other people follow them. So there's a collective of people that are saying, yes, we approve of this company. Is that it? 
Yeah, that's that. Yes, that is it. But also like Do if get um, you get an A. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, That is one example of it. Or it's kind of just being like, if you like print out a Pinterest photo and you're like, oh, I really like this. And then you show it to somebody and you're like, do you like this? And then they're like, yes. Oh, okay. Um, And confirmation bias. Do you know what that is? Yes. It's like, is it when you, somebody says they like something and you want to say that you don't just to be like biased towards them? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I have that, whatever that's called. <laughs> okay. Go Close. Ahead. Confirmation bias okay. is that uh, you seek out information to make you feel like you're correct. This is like a really hot topic, buzzy word because of politics right now. Like you could, you could choose a stance politically and then like whatever it is, you can go on the internet and something is going to tell you you're right. Oh, okay. Something's probably also going to tell you you're wrong, but something's going to tell you you're right. And you're going to be And you're like, going to gravitate towards like, stuff that's- That thing like, I said, that was right. So- That was right. That- uh, JFK is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the example that I was thinking of. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Um, we're on the same wave, wavelength again. Yep, yep, yep. We should probably explain what that meant. Oh, okay. Uh, we were at Deck Expo 2021. 2022? What year is it now? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it was 2021. I guess it was 2021. I guess, yeah. Almost two years uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. was. It was. In yeah. Dallas. Yes. And okay. at Dealey Plaza, where JFK was assassinated, there was a huge... Um, not a protest, more of a gathering. Of, a hopeful gathering. A hopeful gathering uh, <laughs> of people that have been there for weeks. Weeks thinking that... Was it weeks? J- yeah. Oh, okay. That J- what, were you thinking it was months? I thought they had like a... Speci- no, no, no. I thought it was like a couple of days. Like they had a specific time of when this event was going to happen and they were there for that. Well, yeah, they did. And then like it didn't. And then like their like leader was like... Oh, I got it wrong. Back. It's going to be... Okay. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. Sorry, keep going. I got my Tuesdays mixed up this <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, they were hundreds of people were wholly convinced that JFK Jr. or maybe even the st- Senior was coming back. The story back. was murky. I think that they were both murky. coming back, and JFK Jr. was going to be the be vice president nominee for s- Trump or something. Yeah, he was going to be somebody's running mate. Yeah, it was. The details were murky. Yeah. Um, but anyway. We were, and, you know, whatever political stance, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the hinge point of this that was that somebody was coming back from the dead or that they weren't no, no, dead. No, no, They were in hiding. They weren't dead. Their thing was like, nobody is dead. Any famous person? That, yes. Like Kobe, not dead. Michael Jackson, not, not dead. dead. Uh, they had a picture of JFK Sr., I think. Being yeah. alive currently? Yeah. They're like, here he is at like a war memorial thing. Mm. Look at this picture of this old man. This is JFK. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. It just looks like a nondescript white older man in a in a hat. Yeah. But um, but yeah, they all wholeheartedly believed it. And we were kind of like, you know, you hear this yeah. out of nowhere and you're kind of like, this all seems but you can a go online but, and but get if, backed yeah, up by that. If you, yeah. but if you hear it and then you like, somebody else is like, oh yeah, that's true. And this was a full group of people. There was like hundreds, hundreds of people yeah. that all believed this. So I'm sorry if any of our listens, listeners do believe this. I hope that he came back. <laughs> to my knowledge, he has not come back he yet. He didn't come back while we were in <laughs> Dallas, but he could have, we might have just missed him. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, so that's what confirmation bias is. Yeah. 
I do want to put out that all the people I talked to were very nice. <laughs> they were very nice and very hopeful. Yeah. They were very hopeful. Yeah. Um, Anthony and I stayed back in a corner. You went right up to people and were asking questions. I'm a man of the people. You are, yeah. And then I did realize that I was wearing a shirt, the a Premier Outdoor <laughs> Living uh, uh, crew neck sweater that yeah. on the back said, lock it in for justice with an eagle. And I'm like, in this setting... There's probably like some undercover FBI people because this <laughs> seems like it could go awry at any moment with these people. And uh, I don't know if uh, I want to be the topic of conversation like uh, there's one guy wearing a shirt to lock it in for justice. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, let's get out of here. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, it was one of the most strange experiences of my life. Fun, though. Glad we got to talk about that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's like the perfect example of confirmation bias. Okay. Just believe what that is. But anyway, it's also... How does that apply to design? Um, I know how it applies to JFK now. But <laughs> how does it apply to design? Uh, so these things... When it comes to design, I put down like a kind of regional example. So um, in like, let's say New England has like a pretty specific style. Yes. People in that area who are from that area are very used to seeing that specific style. Yes. So if I you, myself live in a Cape Cod, they call it. There you go. There you go. Um, so if if people are constantly around that, that's what they're used to. The people that they interact with, that's what they like. That's like a very typical style for that area. Yes. If that person is like, you know what I like? I like the Adobe style of New Mexico. Can you work that into my design? Yeah. And then you're like, absolutely. And then you design an absolutely beautiful design that would look beautiful on a house in New Mexico, but would look incredibly out of place in New England, New England. It's probably not going to work for that person. They're going to be like, you know what? I thought I liked that, but it's not really what I wanted. So what psychology wise you should do is kind of use elements of both that go together and find a way to work it into something so mm. they can still get what they like, but they're still their confirmation bias or their social proof is still there that like, it's still like, fits in with the nature of what they are used to. Does that make sense? No. Okay. No, it does. It does. <laughs> it totally makes sense. Um, yeah. And if they were to show the design to one of the friends and be like, hey, yeah. we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? The friend's going to be like, I don't like that. And they're going right. to be like, oh, well, me either. Yeah, exactly. Me, I didn't think I liked <laughs> I didn't it like either. I at all. I hated it. It was so <laughs> ugly. I think with the internet, this is kind of starting to go away and like those lines are getting blurred. Like I think that areas yeah. still definitely have their distinct style. Like a New England home, you can kind of, if I say a New England home, you kind of can picture something or like a house in Colorado. Like a stone. Yeah. You can kind of still think about it. But if you, if like new construction is going to be modern looking, you can kind of just. Yeah. Modern is kind of ubiquitous or whatever you said. Omnipresent. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I forget. So I think that it's kind of getting blurred, but there's still an element to that, especially in an area like where we live. It's Victorian homes. Like, yeah, you you can't put like an ultra modern backyard on an, on a Victorian. Well, you could, but it would look a little, you know, out of place. Yeah. So each area has their style. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes though, I think it's fun to do that. Like throw something like that's just like different. And it, it just almost like makes a statement like we won't be held back by the norms, societal norms. We're going to mm. put this ultra modern backyard on this Victorian house and it's going to be cool. 
We're going back to that whole thing about the the what your confirmation bias or however you just described that. Oh, like whatever information is <laughs> presented to me, I just want to go the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah, yeah, whatever that is, that's what I have. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm doing that right now. Wow, you did almost get a psychology degree. You're very good at this. All right. Um, um, that's very interesting, though. Yeah. I think that is applicable with design. And also, mm-hmm. I think the social proof element, I think there is something, I think it goes with social media website, like being out there and being present shows a bit of social proof. It shows that other people have given you their blessing to exist. (laughs) To exist, yes. To exist. Not allowed to exist. Uh, But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always said that like when people talk about, hey, uh, like, I feel like it's not as much of a thing anymore, but like fake followers, like people were buying like fake followers online and they're like, Sean, what do you think about that? I'm like, Hey, if your goal is just to like have somebody go to your profile and see a big number and that's your goal. Sure. Why not? If your goal is to like become some sort of influencer brand ambassador, it's not worth it because it's really easy to tell that they're fake, but there is something to like, a client going to your Instagram page and it's saying hundred thousand followers. There's something about that social proof element. Like, wow, this person must know what they're doing. They must be doing something cool and novel that this many people want to see what they're doing. So if that's your end goal and you can just like buy like bots, go for it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Buy those bots. Buy those bots. But it's so easy to see that they're fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when you have like 100,000 followers and like you get like 10 views on a video. <laughs> That's going to, even a client's going to be like, mm, red flag. Eh, red flag. So <laughs> maybe not. But the social True. proof, I think it, yeah. I think it, it works for us. Yeah. Even if people don't find us on there, they're like, oh, wow, they must be doing something cool. A lot of people follow them. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. And now you don't have to do the whole thing three design thing you can just be like this is your one design and i will build this i will build this for you (laughs) um okay so the last element of that is priming so this is more of like a nuanced thing where you're using familiar elements of like what they already have so if a person has you know like if all of their uh fixtures are black or if all of their fixtures are gold in their home and they like that about their house, mm-hmm. like bring that element outside and they're already going to feel like, oh, wow, this feels like familiar to me. I like this. It's just those like small elements of like cohesion in a space. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens a lot where people, especially in like new build homes where like everything is like their thing is like gray walls and black or, or yeah. gray walls and brown accents. And then they, what they want built has like black accents and they just kind of don't match with each other because the people don't actually like what's in their house. But if you do that, then it's like, something's got changed here. You can't have like, yeah, they're going to look like two, they're going to look and feel like two completely separate spaces. If those little elements don't kind of work cohesively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, and that's called priming. Something interesting is, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I did go and tour a Frank Lloyd Wright, house oh my gosh you did <laughs> yes I wow that did. must have been amazing and uh pretty much everything in the entire house is like 
one of three colors. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Everything is like, like everything goes together because it's such a small color palette on an entire home inside and outside. Mm -hmm. So there definitely is something to that. Yeah. And I think a secondary thing to that priming element, especially in designing for somebody, it shows them that you pay attention to little details. Definitely. If you're like, well, we did this brown accent because, you know, your your cabinets in the kitchen that are going to lead out to this space, it's going to pick up that color. And anytime you can do something like that, whether it's a great idea or just like an okay idea in the client's mind, they're like, wow, this, this person is really thoughtful about what they're doing. They're not just like, I'm not just getting a run of the mill thing that they would slap on any house. It's like tailored to me, my tastes and my home. Yeah. Something to Absolutely. think about. Um, I'm going to talk about this in another, in a minute with another list that I have. Um, but that is another piece of our brain, our lizard brains that we like to, mm. Uh, feel like we know what's coming. So if you are, you know, walking through a house and everything has like black accents, yes, and then you get into a room that has bronze accents, you're like, it like doesn't sit well in your brain because you thought that you knew what was coming and then it, you were wrong. Huh? It's like some weird part of your lizard brain. You they your brain likes to fill in the blank. Right, right. So right. you like to think like you know what's coming next, and then when it doesn't happen, it's like a yeah break in comfort. So you said you were going to get into that in like a minute and then you went right into it like immediately. Well, I'm going to talk about it more in a second. (laughs) Okay. What's in the in-between part? What are, what are we going to talk about until we talk about that? (laughs) What is this intermission? What are we waiting for? Well, okay. (laughs) I guess we'll just get into it. I'm so confused right now. So there's something called the gestalt principles, which is a theory of visual perception. And it's like, this is like the thing about design like those other theories were kind of just things about design. This is the nitty gritty of design and why people like things aesthetically. Like why okay. things are nice for people aesthetically. Um, and obviously not these things are different for everybody because everybody has different tastes, but right. the theories are the same. So yes. this stealth principles. Did you learn about this? This was like a psychology thing that I remember from psychology. Mm, I don't remember anything from anything I learned. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So this will be all new, brand new information. Yes. Um, okay, so people like similarity, which is uh, elements that are grouped together, like uh, similar like sizes or shapes. So if mm. you're doing like a backyard and and you have like a big square patio and then like a circle off to the side, like that doesn't sit right. You want it if you're going with a circle motif, you kind of stick to circles, like on our. On our current job, you did a circle inlay. Mm-hmm. The water feature is a circle. Whoa. Circles. Circle. You gestalted me. <laughs> I gestalted you. I'm going to arrest that you for- That sounds like assault. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to arrest you for gestalt. Um, but again, part of our lizard brains, we just like to feel like we know what's coming next. We yeah. like to feel like everything's kind of similar. I love that. I love that idea. And it's also bringing up for me a design that I just- did uh the design with you know the the kind of more natural you know the stepping stones and everything Mm -hmm. and the garden beds were like curved around a circular patio and um a lot of times i think people and i i i do not like the look of just like random 
curves. Yes. I don't like the meandering curve. I, mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't sit well with me mm-hmm. in my lizard brain. Yes. Uh, I'm, as a side note, I feel like I'm very in touch with my lizard brain. <laughs> me and my lizard brain are very close. Uh, so what I did was the patio is a 10-foot radius circle. So it's mm-hmm. 20-foot diameter Mm -hmm. and then the bed that goes around that is a let's see like a 28 foot diameter circle so it 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 mimics that same shape Mm -hmm. and then i have curves that go around that and they kind of change directions but it's all based on that circle so from a top view i have four circles all placed out and they're just barely touching each other so one curve they're all like a radius of a 28 foot diameter circle. Did that make Mm. any sense? You Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Yes. It did to me because I've seen what you're talking about, but yeah, like you're going on the outside of the circle and then Mm -hmm. it's like another circle abutting that, but you're not seeing the circle. You're just seeing the curves, but the curves like make sense. Yeah. Like you look at it and it's just like that feels right. Yes. Because it's all, (laughs) yes. 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 Because it, it's all based on the same thing. It's not, there's no randomness to it. It yeah. kind of looks a bit random, but it's not. But it's cohesive randomness. It's cohesive. It's planned randomness. Yes. And the, I feel like another good example of that is uh, on the Doylestown job where you did a like an X pattern inlay. And then on the patio, it was the same pattern, but scaled like twice or three times or something. Three times, yeah. That is like... Gestalt. so good for your brain like yeah oh that's satisfying like it's the same thing just a oh, little yeah. bit bigger oh perfect it makes sense to me it just something about that just nothing's ever made sense to me except for this patio <laughs> lizard brain yes. just tickling the lizard brain yes okay and then uh okay so continuation this is when the human eye is attempts this is a separate theory this we... is all part of the gestalt theory oh okay perfect we got a couple of points in here continuation your eye wants to choose, wants to go down the path of least resistance. So your eye is going to follow whatever smooth pattern you go to. So when you do a layout like where you're coming down the steps, it's your eye is going to travel down those stairs to whatever path it goes. You know, like you're not going to be like, whoa, 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 darting all over the place. So with design, you want to follow the smoothest path. Does that make sense? Mm, I want to say yeah, but I feel like no. <clears throat> Okay. I want to say yeah, so it, I, f- I sound smart <laughs> and I- intellectual, but I also want to say no because I don't understand. Totally. I understand a little bit, mm-hmm. but I don't understand fully. Okay, so it's basically the theory of create paths that make sense in your designs. Yes. Don't do like random placed things that want to make an eye like dart all over the place. Everything should have like a flow. Yeah. The theory okay. of flow. Okay. Yeah, the flow theory. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like if you're looking at a website, okay. think of this on a website as opposed to a design. Okay. You have a, a typical website's going to have your logo in like the top left corner. And mm-hmm. then in the top bar, you're going to have information, contact, pricing. Right. That's, you know, you went from logo to that. Imagine now you have your logo is on the bottom right corner Info is, you got to scroll down to find that. It's down here. Uh, now, contact is up mm. in the right corner. 
yes. in like a random colored box. Like that's like, okay. All yeah. the information, all of the same information is there. It's just in a very scattered. Okay. Yeah. That place. makes sense. That makes sense. I think what I'm getting from it, from a design perspective is thinking about the direction of like travel that a person using the space is going to have. Like, mm-hmm. have it make sense that you walk from this space to this space and this thing is in between that. Like, mm-hmm. having your entertainment area uh, with a TV and a nice comfortable couch up on the deck. And then you have a bar area that is maybe in between that deck space and the patio. So, it's like the natural flow is from the deck space which has your comfortable seating and your and your relaxation area down to the patio which is maybe more relaxed a fire pit very casual but in between you also have a secondary entertainment spot where it can be like a middle ground where people can sit at that bar and they're right in the middle of the action where they can uh you know, be close enough to talk to people that are up on the deck or they can be close enough to the people that are down on the patio and it all kind of flows. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, thank you. Awesome. The flow. Go with the flow. Have you heard that saying before? Is that that where that (laughs) saying comes from? I think so, yeah. I think so. Okay, cool. Love that. Um, Okay, next is closure, which is the idea that we fill in the missing elements of an image or design to make it whole in our minds. Yes. That... What we already talked about. Oh, we already talked about that? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of like... Uh, I mean, this is kind of unrelated. I guess sort of related, but sort of unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, like those brain teaser things where mm-hmm. your brain is really like a prediction machine. It's always trying to predict what's going to happen next. Yep. And when you're presented with something that is supposed to be like a certain way your brain will almost perceive it as that way like there's ways to like those you know those like visual riddles where it's like your brain is going to see something different because it's designed in a way that like tricks your brain your brain is like i don't like this this is supposed to be this Mm -hmm. like every other time in our life when we see this progression it leads to this not this other thing right so that's interesting that is like prime lizard brain Prime lizard brain. Just always trying to, you know, probably back when we were lizards, we had to figure it out what was coming next. Because how long ago were we lizard? Like, I don't know, two years ago. When I was like (laughs) ten, I remember being like a lizard kid. Yeah, (laughs) I remember that. When I was a little lizard boy, (laughs) sitting out on those hot rocks. I love lizard time. That's like my favorite thing to do at work. At lunch, when it's like really hot out, just bake for a minute. That's lizard time, and it is. No offense. The first thing that came to my mind when you said lizard time was my initial <clears throat> feeling thing that I wanted to say was that is my favorite contribution that you've made to Premier Outdoor Living is just that term of lizard time. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy when you're just laying out. I've never heard anyone say that before. Lizard time. You like the term or you like, you also like lizard time? I like both. Okay. I feel like it's a very <laughs> valuable contribution that you have made. Like after lunch, the sun's out. And you're just like sitting in a chair, soaking up yeah. the sun. That's lizard time. Yeah. And I feel like it perfectly explains what it is. And uh, it's nice for those moments to have a name. Yeah. So 
It is not to um, detract from your other contributions. <laughs> it is more to highlight the importance of this of one time. very great contribution that you have made to Premier Outdoor Living and to my own life. Thank you very much. You are so welcome. Okay, appreciate it. And I feel like that's another, uh, we should make merch around that. Lizard time? Like, don't bother me. I'm lizard timing or something. (laughs) It's like some sort of like really tropical looking lizard on a lounge chair. (laughs) Why are are the eyes like that? Like, does lizard time like involve drugs? (laughs) It could. I mean, it probably does for some people, but not for us. Not for us. But I was envisioning like one of those t-shirts you get on like a boardwalk where it's like Mm. really maybe like a puffy paint and it's like really neon colors. And okay. it's like, don't bother me, I'm lizard timing. And it's like some sort of like really- You're doing that really thing with the eyes again where it looks like this <laughs> lizard is on drugs. No, I feel like lizards, when they do lizard time, they got they got squinty eyes. Okay. Don't you think? I, I don't spend a lot of time observing lizards <laughs> in their natural habitat. You should try, they're pretty fun. Yes. But uh, all right, let's get back on track because we are almost out of time. Oh no. And by that, I mean, I mean, we are out of time and I still have more to say. Oh no. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to run through these pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, proximity. This is the theory that like things should be grouped together. Pretty self-explanatory. Makes sense. You yes. Know, don't put like. Put your outdoor kitchen near your indoor kitchen. So it's close. Yeah. Makes sense. Put a tree next to a bush because they're almost the same. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Perfect. Not, maybe not that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That just, you know, that makes sense and symmetry symmetry um an order we tend to look at ambiguous shapes in the most simplistic way possible so keep it symmetrical and make sure that there's some sort of order to things or like you said planned randomness don't actually let things be random yeah but pure random planned randomness yeah there's a comforting aspect to that and my whole thing with good design is you don't know it like you kind of know it when you see it, but like, or you know it when you see it, but you don't know what it is that makes it good. Mm-hmm. Like you just go into a space and you're like, this is great. Like it's I'd like love not this. super helpful for like a anyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to give tips. Well, give a I'm tip just for saying, that. I'm just saying somebody, you need to become learned on these things, mm-hmm. but to oh, so the, can... to the innocent bystander, mm that walks into a space, they're like, this is, this is great. I love this, but they can't exactly put their finger on what element it is that they love because it's just all of it. And I think especially with shapes, it's people don't, they can't really see the nuances of what is making this such a pleasing design, Mm, but mm -hmm. it is the planned randomness or just planned symmetry. And yeah. that's why I always say when you're starting with a design, I always like to start with a 2D top-down view of everything that we're doing and just get your shapes in there. Get your shapes and then you can play with how those shapes play against each other. You can move them around. You can erase them. You can redraw them. And a good design is at its core a good grouping of shapes that are working together for a common goal which is to promote lizard time. <laughs> that's all we're doing is promote. That's what our business Promerting is about. Lizard Pro- time. Promote lizard time for people in their own outdoor spaces. It's really beautiful. I'm going to run for, for president and my <laughs> slogan is going to be more lizard time, please. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Uh, so the last thing I'm going to talk about, and this is going to bring it all together is uh, 
framing. So, like this for a is, crime? Yes. Oh, we want no. to frame people for crimes as much and as often as possible. Okay. Um, no, this is how you present. You've just created this beautiful design. You're so excited about it. How are you going to present it to the people? With are you a gonna, tuxedo. Are you going to... And a laser pointer. absolutely always be wearing a tuxedo when you present. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, some people, some people take in information like visually and some people yes. take it in auditorial, auditorially, audio, uh, through their ears. <laughs> <laughs> Great little sidestep there. Way to, way to rebound. Cause you were just like, I was, like, I was suffering. <laughs> yeah. You were like a, a what's the word skipper. though? For real. Auditorially. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Audit. I don't know. Audit. Aud- <laughs> I who can be an sure? auditory learner. Yeah, I don't think auditorily is a is that word. That's not a word. I don't think so. Okay, um, an auditory learner. Well, yes. Okay, so through if, your ears, through your ears. Yes, like if you're going through this with a client and they are in great detail explaining to you what they want. Yes, that is a great indicator of that's how you should receive present the information to them. Like you can give them a, you, you give them the picture of whatever you've done. Yes. But then you go through de- in detail how this person is going to live in this space or what the flow of it is. Talk about it. Like go into depth about everything. Yes. Through your words. Yes. But if they've come to you with like a, with a storyboard of all the pictures that they like, or if they sent you a million Pinterest pictures, that's an indicator that they are visual people. So then mm. you make sure that that visual is as good as you can get it. Love that. Don't give them a little, you know, hand little, sketch, like a little napkin drawing and being like, you like it? Really it's go nice. in. <laughs> it's very nice. Um, I don't know what either of those accents were. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that that's a, a, a good message. That even, that's a great message, yeah. Even once you are done your design, you've, More you've thought it. More time. You still have to. Wait, what message were you talking about? Design time. Oh. Um, no matter how much effort you put into it, if it's not received in the way that the people want to receive it, you're not going to get anywhere. So yeah. I feel like that's a good reminder at, at the end to just get it to them in a good way. It's like throwing a deep ball to a wide receiver when your client's a tight end. Sure. <laughs> For all the men out there, really <laughs> understand that. That made no sense whatsoever, but I just thought it was kind of funny. So I'm sorry to everybody. <laughs> this is my formal it's apology. It's such a weird episode. I know. And I'm enjoying <laughs> it. Uh, Does that pretty much okay. wrap it up? Um, I think so, yeah. All right. Or do I, had you have, I had some other things, but well, you know what? I think, you we, know what? I think we're going to continue doing this podcast. Are we? In the future? <laughs> I don't know. We, we have that idea for switching. Oh, yeah. Okay. We got to see that to yes. fruition. So, okay. You're when right. people see that episode come out, <laughs> just know that we are close to the end. Because <laughs> I think that's going to be like a, a last ditch effort to just <laughs> do something. So if you see us get to that point, know that our farewell is coming very shortly. Uh, so, yes, we do have <laughs> we do have more. Maybe we can save these for a, uh, a follow up. Yeah. Or like, you know, down the road, how we've incorporated this stuff. Okay. So, something to think about. Yeah, because you've never thought about this. But now maybe you will in the future and you can talk about it. Now I feel like I have analysis paralysis. I'm thinking about it too much. It's more of a feel. 
You just need to feel it. Okay. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. I learned so much. Catherine, thank you for presenting that knowledge to me, which I have now retained inside of my lizard brain. Time for lizard time. So I'll catch you guys later. Till next time, this has been the hardworking happy hour. (laughs) See you next week. We have a lizard right here. I didn't even notice that. And a monkey. (laughs) Bye.